Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Back with the crew, the best crew in the land when it comes to breaking down Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting over at the MichiganInsider.com. And uh, an opportunity to talk about maybe more flip targets, talk about senior evals, going to play a big factor in how Michigan rounds out this class with a focus also on the guys already in the class and big takeaways. And then finally, something that I promised that we were going to be focusing more attention on NIL. Uh, and right now, while there are uh, several uh, collectives that the University of Michigan uh, is kind of supports or endorses, I shouldn't say support, endorses, there's one that the football program is working with basically exclusively. And that's Champion Circle. And so we're going to have uh, one of the guys from Champion Circle, a guy that we covered as a, as a recruit, uh, you know, coming out of De La Salle back during his high school days, went on to play uh, linebacker and fullback at Michigan. We're going to have Jared Wangler on to talk about, you know, kind of the state of NIL from his perspective at Michigan compared to other places and some of the exciting things that are going on with Champion Circle and the student athletes at the University of Michigan. So we'll get to that toward the end of the episode. But with that, let's welcome in the crew, the best crew in the land, as I like to call them, starting off first with Bryce Marriage. Bryce, how are you? Solid, solid. It's, uh, doesn't feel like October. It's super warm. I'm not used to this. You know, I'm used to that fall crisp weather, and it's it's not that right now. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. This is this is still Michigan. We're still gonna get that weather. Steve Lorenz. Steve, how? Hey, Steve. It means a couple more weeks out there on the links, right? You go swing a couple clubs later. I, I, funny. I literally may be going to play nine after we get done recording today. Actually, I've already been, I've been looking up some, trying to maybe hit a course that I haven't hit yet this year, but yeah, that actually is funny. No, I may, I may go hit uh, later tonight, you know, cause uh, like you said, it, it is coming, Sam. I actually think starting tomorrow, I think it's supposed to cool off quite a bit. So feel like more like football weather here um, in the next couple of weeks. It feels like. All right. So uh, first of all, folks, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. That way, uh, if they want to catch us, they can find us wherever they get their podcast. That's Google, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. We even have it on YouTube. I know YouTube has a podcast channel, right? We put these episodes up all every all the time on YouTube. So wherever they get their podcast, they can find us. Of course, they can find us over on the MichiganInsider.com. And right now, Steve, don't we have like a little a little incentive for the people to be able to capitalize on? Yep. So we're running a two months for one dollar deal uh, that would get you almost to the Ohio State game. Not quite. I think a good enough amount of time for people to understand how we are, what we do. Uh, you know the type of info we're able to get you guys day in and day out. And uh, you know I think by then you'd you'd want to lock on heading into the Ohio State game, right? So two yeah two months one dollar. 
you know, you got the analysis that Sam's been killing it with, with geez, former coordinators for the Michigan football team. Zach and Alejandro have been awesome covering the team on the ground. And then uh, Bryce, myself, and I think Davis is back doing basketball stuff for us, right? So, uh, you know, really have you co- have always had you covered from all corners. But this might be, you know, this is a potentially historic season for Michigan football. So never a better time to get in and, and give it a whirl and see what you think for just for just $1. feel like quietly the two months for $1 is always one of our most popular uh, promos because you, it is only $1. You know, there's really not a huge commitment. So, yeah, no, I think I'd say now's the time. Purdue should be a big recruiting weekend, um, and then Ohio State after that. So, yeah, give us a shot. Absolutely. TheMichiganInsider.com is where you can do that. Again, that's TheMichiganInsider.com. So, fellas, you know, a guy that we've been talking about for over a year, it's over. It's over with Brian Robinson, Bryce. Is that, I, I mean, what are whatever are they going to do as far as edge recruiting is concerned? It's just, you couldn't have seen this coming, could you? Of no. course, we can see it coming. Tug and cheek, tug and cheek. Want to wish uh, Brian, uh, his dad, George, want to wish him all the best at, at Kentucky, who quietly is putting together a nice class over there. But it's very clear, uh, you know, Michigan has had its net cast very wide. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't like they had decided, hey, this is, we're going to put all our eggs now that some other guys are off the board. We're going to put all our eggs in the Brian Robinson basket, they still, you know, were looking very hard at, at evaluating other guys. And there was a recent offer that just went out that looks pretty promising. Yeah. So Michigan, obviously, edge recruiting has been kind of hit and miss, um, especially lately. It's been, you know, miss. You had first Elias Rudolph flip to Miami. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Smith brothers, which – I was a huge fan NIL, of NIL, NIL, NIL. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just, just I, out there. all right. NIL. <laughs> I, I wasn't talking about anything you were talking about. Right. I was no, just, no, no, NIL no, just came to my head, Bryce. It just, it, you know, happened to go to Kentucky. If that's the reason, that's the reason. Uh, so they, they flip. And that leaves you with a couple edge rushers with Dominic Nichols and Devin Baxter, which I think we're going to talk about later on the show, who's been putting up phenomenal senior seasons. But they still want to add a couple more bodies to that edge position. And lo and behold, a guy that they've been tracking for months, you know, behind the scenes, Deshaun Warner, he's a high three-star, committed to Kansas out of the state of Arizona. This is a guy that they kind of didn't want to see senior film. They watched it. They fell in love with it. And now they've offered him six foot four, 225 pounds. Great burst off the line of scrimmage. He's got really good technique. He can do the you know swim move. He can rip. You you see a lot of you know moves beyond your age. Um, and he just seems like a player that fits Michigan really well. Surprisingly, he's actually new to this, uh, football, so he's only been playing a couple of years. And when I watched him, just me. This is just a me opinion, but he gave me. Big time David Ojabo vibes. I knew you were gonna. I knew that's where you gotta go. And <laughs> that's where you gotta go. Yeah, he's he just he just reminds me of that you know he's a pure athlete. I think that his high school said, you know what? Let's just put him at the edge and just go get the guy. Just go get the guy. You're just a pure athlete. You're better than the guy across from you. Just go get him. 
And that's what he does. He's got 24 tackles so far this season, eight sacks and interceptions. So I'm a huge fan of the offer. We're going to see kind of where things progress. Right now he's been very, very pro Kansas on his Twitter since he's gotten that Michigan offer. But he's also had contact in other schools like Texas, Washington. So big-time programs are pursuing him. We're going to see if Kansas can hold on to him. But this is the first new domino of an offer at the edge position that we've seen. Yeah, Steve, uh, I was thinking of Jabo too, not just because of this, the raw athleticism, but the path to football. David Jabo was, uh, he obviously came from overseas, but it, he, they saw a really good athlete and they just said, hey, okay, just go get the quarterback. It was the same scenario. And then at the same time, Michigan has shown the ability to develop those kinds of guys, David Jabo being a big example. So it would seem to portend a really good path for Deshaun Warner if he wound up flipping the Michigan. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Texas, Washington, Michigan looking to flip the Arizona native from Kansas. Uh, like, you know, all, all corners of the country, like a very interesting dynamic there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we know what Michigan does at the edge position. I, I think, I mean, at this point, more than almost any school in the country, Michigan should at least get a legitimate look from any edge prospect they offer, right? Um, you know, props to Kansas. They've had a great year. Lance Leopold, great head coach, got probably going to be seeing some bit, some bigger opportunities coming his way this uh, after this season. But, again, we're talking about what Michigan's done at the edge. I mean, we're every Sunday highlights from somebody that Michigan's had, at, whether right now, whether it's Rashawn Gary, David Ajabo, Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pays had a good start to his season with – uh, Indianapolis, right? I mean, it's it's actually it, you almost forget Josh Uche. Like you almost forget how many guys are in the in the pros right now at that position. That's how well Michigan's done there. So you know, I right, you got you got to think, Mike Uche, Dana. Yeah, Mike Dana. Yeah, one year there. I mean, it's just, it is. It's 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 crazy. So uh, you know, again, if you're an edge prospect, you at least have to give Michigan a look, in my opinion. Right? I mean, I don't know how you don't at least consider them so uh, but that being said you mentioned Texas and Washington Bryce uh, they did offer before he committed to Kansas so he did choose Kansas you know was he a take at Texas we'll see I mean Texas is recruiting at a really high level but either way he had some legit offers and chose Kansas instead so uh, you know gotta think Michigan will at least get their swing here but not necessarily a slam dunk uh, at this point so have we heard, have you guys heard if he's going to be taking visits? Has he said anything publicly about taking visits any places? Not yet, publicly. Here, here's why I ask that question. Because first of all, Lance Leipold is a, he is three. I, I've said this a lot. Like at Michigan State, if they were smart, that's the guy. 1,000. I've said the same thing, Sam. If they were smart. 100%. I agree. All the way. He, you, you look at these other dudes. Like, I like Dickert at Washington State is outstanding and the benefit there. He could bring uh, Cam Smith with him. Um, uh, the uh, the coach at um, at Oregon State, uh, you know, he's he's another one whose name is hot, but those guys have never been this part of the country. And you wonder if, if they get the kind of – that style is not conducive to winning at the level that Michigan State wants to win. Like, you can – 
you can be a flash in the pan with that basketball on grass style, but you better be able to pound it. And those aren't pounded teams. But Lance Leipold, you look at his you look at his track record everywhere he's been. Like he's a you know, I think he's from Wisconsin. So he's from the footprint. Everywhere he's been, he's been like coach of the year. Like in the conference, he's been coach of the year. He he brings a physical, hard-nosed edge. They're going to run the football. They're going to play defense. He recruits the state of Michigan. So, you know, I saw him at the uh, Sound Mind, Sound Body Camp at, at Wayne State, you know, addressing the kids and addressing parents. And one of the things that stands out, and here's why I asked the question about Warner taking visits, he was very out front saying, hey, you know, if, we're, if a kid com- is committed to us, we're committed to him. But as soon as he start, starts showing he's not fully committed to us, then we're not fully committed to him. So if a kid's committed to us and he wants to take visits, we'll be like, okay, well, wait, you know, you gave us your word. And as soon as you start doing something different, well, hey, we might have to start looking uh, elsewhere too. That will be something interesting to watch with Desmond Warner. Or, I mean, Deshaun Warner, because the policy seems pretty clear there for for uh, for Kansas. Now, that's pr- that that maybe is with the majority of Kansas prospects. This obviously is a guy in their class, and maybe you know uh, Lance is uh, Lance Leipold is running into. Uh, you got to have different rules for the guy or the guys in your class. So we'll see if if that works out. Uh, if this one works out that way, I feel like. Didn't Freeman kind of try to do the same thing even at a at a big school like Notre Dame? I feel like they were like drop they would drop kids who fit, but then they had some of their top guys. You know, it's really really hard to recruit against the big dogs and and try to hold a policy like that. But if you're Kansas and he's already visit, he's already going to visit. You know what I mean? Like I, I guess it, in, in a certain level it makes sense, but um, it'd be yeah. Theoretically, if he was to go to Michigan State, it'd be very difficult to recruit like that. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're, especially you know, you almost become a victim of your own success if you're if you're putting out better evaluations than your competitors are, you know. And, and so you got these guys that other schools are looking to poach. Like you kind of, you know. So um, interesting though, and I totally agree on him as being prime candidate for Michigan State. I think they need to. Michigan State needs to go the gritty route. If they're going to find success in the Big Ten, I, I don't. Right, I, I don't think no. I don't think they will either. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> they need to. They would need to like embrace the Wisconsin type style. I feel like to to compete. Well, but I, yeah, I agree. They they seem to like the bells and whistles too yeah, much. They, they like the bells so. and whistles. If, if they yeah. went gritty, they're they're the gritty they would go would be Narduzzi. Sure, I, I could so so see them bringing Pat Narduzzi back. Uh, to be the head coach there, you got Izzo in there helping out. You got D'Antonio in there helping out. I think it's, I think it's going to be Narduzzi. We'll see. But you know, one of the byproducts to Bryce, you saying has been hit or miss, and they missed. They had some decommitments. They missed on some targets. Right? Uh, you know, you can you can hang your head and and mope about that, or you can um, kind of use it as an opportunity. Uh, you know, if your class is full at this point you are in position to uh, do the senior eval thing that brings to into your plate a Deshaun Warner or Bryce, a guy that we watched last summer that I felt like when, or last winter, I should say. And it was like, man, this, this dude is going to be a dude. This, this guy, not maybe not at the position that we watched him, but this is going to be a dude. 
And slowly but surely, behind the scenes, and this is a guy in Michigan is evaling for a senior season now. But Desmond Stevens out of Clarkston is a guy who is shooting up the rankings, uh, the in-state rankings, and seems to be shooting, you know, stronger and stronger on the Michigan's radar. Yeah, so actually before we talked or before we start the podcast, we mentioned how Alan True, one of our you know colleagues here on 24-7 Sports, has bumped him up to an 89, which is a high three-star knocking on the door of a four-star. Um, and Sam, you mentioned we went to that Rising Stars camp back in the winter, and he was a guy that, you know, when you see a lot of kids at these camps. You know, but and you don't know all faces. You know, you, you get a roster, you're looking at the roster, but he never matches up. So you're asking yourself, who's this kid? Who's this kid? You're seeing these one-on-one reps. You see this huge, lanky, long kid walk out there. You're like, all right, let's see what he's got. He's, he goes that corner. So you're like, all right, this is interesting. And at the time, it was Jalen Todd. He was the hot name. He was committed to Kansas. And so we're watching, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. We see Elijah Dotson, who's now a top target for Michigan in the 2025 class. He lines up at wide receivers. All of a sudden, we see this kid from Clarkston, Desmond Stevens, line up at cornerback. Next thing you know, he makes a play on the ball. We're like, whoa. It's like, this is not what we're expecting, especially at six foot three, 210 pounds. He could play linebacker. He could, he could do a lot. And I, I, I think. I mean, Steve, I don't know how you see him fitting on the – I mean, he's projected at so many positions. But you watch his senior film, and he's a guy that you can see has been moved around quite a bit for Clarkston. And one of the guys from West Bloomfield hit me up, and they just played Clarkston. They lost 44-36, to 36, and they said Clarkston had this one kid who was just a game wrecker. And who was it? Desmond Stevens. And this is a guy that was committed to Boston College – who, who they've done really good in terms of valuations looking at that position. And when Michigan is looking at these, you know, senior season films, they're looking for guys, I think, that Steve mentioned this again before the podcast, that have position versatility, flexibility, where you can move them around. And I think that's the thing you see with Stevens is he could play corner. I think personally he'd be better at maybe like a free or strong safety. Shoot, he could even play linebacker for all, you know. I mean, he could even play wideout. We've seen him do that his senior season. He's putting up monster numbers, and he's a guy I personally think they should offer and go from there because let's say they do like him at safety. You have Jacob Bowden, but you kind of missed on Zaquan Patterson. I know he's still kind of in the mix, and he's talking about coming up for the Ohio State game. But I think a combination of Jacob Bowden and Desmond, you know, Stevens would be a great pairing because one, you can move Jacob to corner or you can put him as a free safety and you could put him, Desmond Stevens, as a strong safety. I think that combination right there would be perfect. And he's an in-state guy, you know, so you know he's got the connections around the state. You know the coaching staff knows him and the coaching staff at Clarkston extremely well. It just seems like a perfect fit. We're going to see if they actually do offer but he's a he's definitely a guy to keep an eye out going forward. Yeah, he's one of those dudes I, I remember vividly watching him at corner thinking, man, he can he's very fluid. You know, he's not he's a guy that in the hands of a right coach, if you wanted to play him out there, because he, he has to play so he's not a turn and run. You know, he's not a speed burner. 
right? So there are some kids who who had a foot speed advantage. We were able to get him a couple times with him playing corner. But you could tell he was he's raw at the position. He just needs some coaching. If he's coached to use his size to his advantage and strength to his advantage, get his hands on guys, he could be really impactful. I was really impressed for a kid that big to move like he did. And I, I'm not talking about, you know, straight line speed. I'm talking about change of direction, right? The ability to sink his hips and kind of come out of a break with a with a, a smaller, quicker guy. This is a dude who, if you played him at safety, you feel comfortable with some of the coverage things that Michigan wants him to do. So I, I would like him better at safety if it's, if it's me, uh, because you aren't, it's not all about, you know, him being out on the island asking him to cover. Because I think the dude is going to be 225 pounds. And it is, it'll look different on him than it look or 215. It'll look different on him than R.J. Moten. R.J. Moten wasn't a very fluid guy to begin with. And so when he added weight, it was like, I mean, they could, they, the coverage things that they wanted to do didn't really fit him. So that's why you started to see like a Quentin Johnson move ahead of him in the line. That's why you wound up seeing him transfer, right? You know, he's, I think he would have been a guy who was better, better served to play linebacker. In the case of, De, of, of, um, of Desmond Stevens, I think he could legitimately play safety. And I know that's where you like him, and I would like him there too. But if I have my brother, Steve, I would play this dude at linebacker because, and that's how you you look at this class. We're going to talk about this coming up. Man, you put 25, 30 pounds on this dude and you keep his speed like Ben Herbert can do. Uh, and think about the havoc you can wreak with him at three levels. I mean, he could, he could cover backs and tight ends, right? He, he'd probably be a hell of a blitzer. I, uh, there, there is just so much you could do with a chess piece like that. If you had that as your vision of playing him uh, as a linebacker in this class, but this is one of those guys. If you're a coach, it's like lump of clay. You can mold him how you want it, how you want to. That was my thought too, Sam. I think the biggest thing for Michigan would be the two big things they're looking at right now: linebacker athleticism, which we know he has, and would he embrace um, attacking, playing the point of attack. Those are the two big things that Michigan seems to be looking for on the recruiting trail at linebacker. If he if he's willing to play with a physical brand a physical brand of football, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are yeah, he, those are things you can't measure uh, athletically as far as like what he could provide from a linebacker position. So, and like you said, there are there's like six guys uh, in this class that could end up at a, at a few different, and even just on the defensive side of the ball, that could end up at a few different positions. So, yeah, I think you you take a kid like this who has the 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 measurables that you can't teach and the athleticism that you can't teach and you take him and then you get him to campus and you figure it out later. I mean, we've, how many guys like that has Michigan had success with at this point? Right. I mean, it's, it makes almost too much sense. And as Bryce said, maybe as importantly, he's right in your backyard. You might not have to do the whole song and dance for three months to get him committed to your class. You know, you spinning your wheels, trying to get a kid like Zaquan Patterson up for another visit where there's literally next to no chance you're going to get a kid like that to flip from a program like Miami with the way they're operating right now. So, you know, best case scenario to have a kid in your own backyard pop up right in that senior season. I think Michigan looks for that as most schools should, you know, look for guys in your backyard and you get another guy like this, who's, who does have some similarities to a few other guys 
in Michigan's class, guys we know they love. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it kind of leads into uh, a topic that I want to get to before we talk to uh, Jared Wangler, and that is kind of like your 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 class take right now. You look at this class, you think what? And for me, I think versatility. There, You have a number of guys in Michigan's class right now. They might be listed at a position, but really technically they're athletes. A few of them have the athlete designate, or a couple of them have the athlete designation. Mason Curtis has the athlete designation. Jacob Oden has the athlete designation. Um, did I say Mason Curtis already? He he has it as well. Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith is the other who has the athlete designation. I take a guy like this because you you bring them all in, and then you figure it out. You figure out who fits best at what position, and maybe you fit, you find out. That one of those guys, man, this guy, Mason Curtis, I'm just throwing it out there. Mason Curtis fits so much better at edge. All right, so that that means that I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play Desmond Stevens at at linebacker. He could play edge, but I'm gonna play him at linebacker, right? Or, or I'm a, he could play safety, but I'm gonna play him at linebacker because I'm moving Mason Curtis up to to edge. I look at this class and I see so many guys like that. What is Jaden Smith? You talk to uh, Sam Griner, he's like, man, he could be a safety. And man, he could be a he's an outstanding linebacker. Man, he could be an edge. Some people think he's an edge. When you have versatility like that and coaches who know what they're doing, who can develop players, sometimes it's even better because now you are able to capitalize on the upside of players that maybe aren't re- reflected in the rankings. Like none of these guys that we're talking about are ranked five star guys. Some of them aren't even ranked four star guys. But if you were to do the rankings right now, for instance, on on uh, Mikey St. Ristol, Mikey St. Ristol was like a mid to low level three star. You think that'd be Mikey St. Ristol's ranking now? If they knew Mikey St. Ristol could play corner and nickel the way he could play corner and nickel. That's what I'm talking about with this with this class, Steve, that there is tremendous versatility. And at this point, if I'm Michigan, I continue to recruit to that with a guy like Desmond Stevens. Hundred percent. Yeah, I I kind of think Jaden Smith is an edge. Just as an aside, I just feel like if they bulk him up, I remember the quote from Griner talking about how low he can get to the ground, his bend. That just I, that sticks out to me because uh, that's those are the kind of guys that will be beating tackles and getting to the quarterback consistently. So again, may depend on how much weight they can put on him, but either way, a, a really good ball of clay uh, for me. I think Michigan fans should rest easy as far as Michigan's efforts at running back. Um, Jordan Marshall's had a huge season. I think we kind of expected that. Didn't he just set Moeller's all-time rushing record, right? Which you think, okay, high-level recruit. But Moeller's one of the most prestigious high school programs in Ohio let in, in the country. You know, So that's a, a huge accomplishment for him. So congratulations. And then Micah Capana's film so far this season has been – uh, very good, in my opinion. Bishop Gorman, they like to hand the ball off to a few different guys. So there have been a couple games where he's put up the stats. But you don't need to put up the stats. You just need to watch the film to see the burst, you know, the explosiveness uh, that he provides. They, him and Marshall actually kind of a nice yin and yang a little bit when you watch the two of them side by side at running back. So another class where... You know, they got there. There was the there was the whole taking Micah Capana before Taylor Tatum even visited. 
Michigan officially thing. I think you can forget about all that. Um, again, Taylor Tatum probably going to be a really good college football player. Nothing, not a knock on him by any means, but I just, I think Michigan did great at the running back position and, and look good uh, for the foreseeable future there right now. Bryce, your big, your big takeaway from this class. And just real quick, I had to go and look at the, at the measurables. I knew this, but Cole Sullivan, 6'3", 200 pounds, right? Jaden Smith, 6'3", 200 pounds. You keep going. Mason Curtis, 6'4", 200 pounds. Uh, Desmond Stevens, 6'3", 210 pounds. I mean, I, there, there's a, a theme to this Clones. and an interchangeability to it that I think could really work for them. That's what I'm saying. Man, I'm, I'm going on Desmond Stevens if I'm them, Bryce. 100%. I'm, I'm – you know, we, we didn't really talk about this too much, but I think he's got the chance to blow up too. If you look at his offer list, and we talked about this even before the podcast, it's not like he's got like, you know, Deshaun Warner type offers of Washington and Texas. He's got like Indiana. I think he's got Duke and um, Purdue. It's his other high par five offers. But after that, it's pretty much the Mac and that's it. And I think once some of these schools start to see his senior film, He's going to see more offers come his way. And I think – I don't even think he's done with his ranking. Keep going up. I think he's got a chance to even go further up the rankings. But in terms of my two thoughts, I would say, for this class so far, one, super productive from some of the guys you kind of want to see. So Steve already mentioned Jordan Marshall, who's putting up great numbers. I think he's now dating back to last year. The last nine games, he's rushed for over 100 yards. So super productive. He's getting the job done. After seeing him in person, he's not like a home run hitter. You know, he can churn out five five yards, four yards here, three yards here. He can do what Michigan loves to do. You know what I mean? Just kind of ground and pound you. So he fits perfectly. Super, super productive. Jane Davis, I mean, he's 98 of 125 of passing. So super accurate. He gets the ball to his playmakers. He's got 21 touchdowns. And the most important stat, zero interceptions to start the season. And you mentioned him, Sam. Cole Sullivan, who has nearly 50 tackles this past game, hit 12 tackles. He's playing multiple positions for his high school team, and they happen to be undefeated. So all these guys are super productive. They're playing multiple positions, some of these guys on their teams, and they're making an impact. And the other thing I think quietly we haven't talked about much, but this might be the best tight end class in the country with Brady Prescorn and Hogan Hansen, two guys that don't get talked about tons because it's not a sexy position like the running back or quarterback. But those were two top targets that Grand Newsom put a lot of time and resources in. You recruited them. Those are guys that he really liked. They had multiple top offers. He landed them both. And it's a position that Michigan uses quite often. And you add them to the mix next season with Colston Loveland. And then who else else in the class? It's just one of those classes where I think those two alone separates, you know, what Michigan likes. And that's what Jim Harbaugh wants in his offense. He wants big physical tight ends that can block which check, they can do that, but also catch the ball, make guys miss in the open field, and they can do that as well. So those are the two main 
takeaways I got so far. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how how things round out uh, with this class. But, uh, yeah, there have been some misses. But, boy, there's a lot to like still in the class right now. Let's see how they close things out. I really like how, you know, what, Roman Wilson, a nation leader in, in touchdowns. Man, that rec- that goes well on the recruiting trail as they try to close things out with, with flipping a few guys like we talked about last week on the receiver side of things. Uh, now we're looking at some potential flips on the edge side of things. We'll see how that works out. Right now we need to get to a break. When we come back on the other side, listen, NIL is a real thing. I think NIL, you talk about some of these uh, departures from Michigan's class, I think NIL had a lot to do with it, is my opinion on the matter. And so stands to reason that we should talk more NIL on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And so we're going to start doing that on at least one episode a month. Uh, we're going to be joined on the other side by Jared Wangler, former Michigan Wolverine, a uh, guy who, uh, one of the head guys at Valiant, and of course the Champion Circle Collective. He's going to give us the latest on what's going on with Champion Circle. Uh, their work with Michigan football feels like Michigan football. I don't know if Michigan football is really working with any other collective right now. It feels like Champion Circle is the only one. So we'll find out some of the things that are going on there and some of the things that may be on the horizon and what they're, what Michigan is competing against. What's real? What's fact? What's fiction? We'll get into all that with Jared Wangler on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And I've been teasing for uh, the last couple of weeks that we are going to spend more time uh, from this point forward talking NIL, NIL as it relates to Michigan, NIL as it relates to to recruiting, not as an inducement for recruits, but how NIL goes on an institution's campus will impact the, the recruiting uh, prowess of those respective schools. Michigan is not clearly not immune to that. So uh, it stands to reason that we should find out what's going on with NIL at Michigan. And there's no better source to talk about, uh, talk about, you know, that with than a guy who I covered when he was in high school, covered when he was in college. And 
watching him do his thing now as the uh, founder and CEO of Valiant Management Group and one of the early builders of the Champion Circle Collective, which uh, if you look around, I know Michigan supports, uh, there are a few collectives they support, but certainly the one that you see uh, as it relates to football here, uh, the one that you see uh, football working with almost exclusively is the Champion Circle. His name is Jared Wangler. Jared, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Sam. Appreciate you having me on as always. Always a, a pleasure getting on together. Yeah, man, it's it's a pleasure to talk to you. And this it's uh, fitting that I have you on first for this sort of initiative with our programming to kind of bring people up to speed on what's going on with NIL. Because there's so, you know this, there, there's so many misconceptions out there about what Michigan is doing NIL-wise, what they aren't doing NIL-wise. And so let's just start off first with that very basic question. What do you think is the biggest misconception about NIL at Michigan and how it's going? Well, I'd say you know, we're, we're approaching year three here, and there's obviously been like a negative stigma around it from the beginning. And um, that's something that um, you know, our group, I know the, the student athletes, the administration, the coaching staff, everybody in the Michigan community is trying to fight because um, I don't think it's an accurate representation of sort of uh, where the space has matured to. And I mean, really, we're again, we're sitting here in 2023, what it looks like today versus what it'll look like in 2025 and 26 and beyond. It'd be much different. Um, but there's a, a ton of incredible things taking place. I know um, our department has, has really invested into uh, more resources for the student athletes. I know there's great educational tools and programs on campus. Um, as you mentioned, the, the, the Champion Circle, that, that collective has, has really grown significantly over the last 12 months. And, um, and we continue to kind of beat the drum and, and really try to educate everybody on, on, on who, who it is and, and, and what it is and how it can make a positive impact on Michigan athletics. And then what I do, you know, majority of my day to day is is sports marketing. That's it's really what I, I really enjoy and sink my teeth into. And um, it's exciting to see brands like really interested in getting into the space and working with our student athletes at Michigan. We just have great young people that are phenomenal representations of the institution themselves, but are also great brand ambassadors for businesses. And so um, looking back on last year, it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to to kind of take a look at the numbers and see what percentage of deals were done from what I would call the community, which are your fans and your alumni that are contributing to the collective versus what's actually coming in from the market. And that's real commercial NIL dollars. And of the $6 million we paid out last year is a little over 55% for, uh, for commercial and um, about 45% from the community, which is, which is the collective. So um, really trying to educate and kind of fill the gaps for everybody to be aware of how they can support is, is the number one mission right now. And um, you know, again, being on, on your show with somebody like you is such a you know great platform and, and, and trusted voice. It's just, again, super appreciative of, of you having me on just to kind of um, you know do our best to t- tell people like, hey, this is how you can be involved because there's not a barrier to entry to support. And it's, it's, it's right here in Ann Arbor and it's making a, a significant impact in such a volatile and new space that's it's very important um, as you cover, you know, mainly – you know, it's, it's hard. It's got to make, you know, Michigan is attractive for so many reasons, but NIL is a, is a pillar uh, in that process. So when you talk, when you say collective, let's kind of weave this together for the, the viewer or listener 
who they hear a, a collective, but they aren't quite sure about how a collective works within this. Like, what did it mean when the university came out and said, we have we officially endorsed the champion circle? And then from that point, how does a collective work with, with a program or work with an institution or a student athlete? How, how does all that come together? Right. So um, definitely a good bit to unpack there. I guess starting from the top, um, a champion circle is a, is a collective. And, and what a collective is, it's, it's the Michigan community. I mean, it's, it's everybody from um, a, a donor that's supported the university through a philanthropic um, contribution over time. Um, it's your everyday fan that, that wants to contribute to um, our membership program and, and, and receive certain perks in, in exchange. Um, it's businesses that, that want to contribute and also get um, a bit of an ROI through a marketing opportunity. Um, it's, it's, it's the community at large that, that wants to support Michigan student-athletes through supporting their name, image, and likeness. So that's what Champion Circle is, um, and it, it's been built out now. We have um, a team of 10 individuals working really, really hard to, to, to raise money, to um, you know not only – do it through a commercial transaction, but also make an impact not only with the student athlete, but on the community. Um, so that's what it is. And when you look at, um, you know, the implications of, of becoming a, an official partner of the university, um, you know, myself and, and, and everyone on our team, we, you know, we don't take that lightly in, you know, in the slightest. I mean, it's uh, a really important um, thing to us to represent the university of Michigan in the highest degree and do everything in an ethical manner um, and also do it by the rules. And so um, as we both well know, that's, that's not the, the rules of engagement around the country. Um, there are collectives out there that are um, definitely participating in a, um, uh, you know, in a different set of rules. But the way the, the collective operates at Michigan is um, you know, we're working together to, to raise as much money as possible and then um, kind of amplify those those dollars with uh, with brand dollars to create marketing opportunities for our student athletes and really make Michigan um, a competitive place uh, in that in that space. So we know that you know their pay for play, pay for play is not supposed to be a part of of NIL, and yet it, it is in some places, right? Uh, but even though that's happening at other places, it does not mean that you can't still be competitive in the space doing it the way that it was intended. And so my question to you is, because I think this can be really, really beneficial to, to Michigan. How are the student athletes, the current student athletes at Michigan? I think I heard you say $6 million, the collective paid out. Do you have a sense for how much uh, overall student athletes at the university of Michigan earned NIL wise last year, in addition to what, was paid out from uh, through champion circle. It's a great question. And um, yeah, I'd like to also like make it a point when we talk about pay for play, um, you know, what Sam means by that is most, let's say most uh, are a significant amount of collectors out there that are utilizing um, their fund to go and pay a high school recruit and sign a contract with them to come to the university, right? That's a pay for play model. Um, that's not something that champion circle or Valiant engage in. It's all about, rewarding the current student athletes, everything for our student athletes that are here at Michigan, that are doing things the right way, that are impactful and leaders in the community. That's, that's what it's about. And when you just look at, um, you know, how this is shaping out across the country, it's, um, you know, it, it is, it is difficult to compete with those that are, are giving guarantees to high school recruits or are tampering with 
current rosters. And um, again, I, you know, it's, it's important for people to understand that where there's a market to be had, there's a market to be made. And when professional sports agencies are also participating and helping negotiating these yeah, contracts yeah. for not only high school recruits, but for um, members of a, a, you know, a current roster, somebody that's enrolled that, as a student that's not in the transfer portal, um, it's, it's really difficult to, to sort of wrap your arms around. And so that is, um, that is something that's obviously uh, a major you know, need for some sort of re- regulation. We all know college sports has, has been long overdue for some reform in a way, but um, yeah, I mean, you look back to your original questions, just like how much uh, do we, you know, do we believe that student athletes made, um, you know, I guess outside of, of what we've done between Valiant Management Group and uh, Champion Circle, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's the most in the country, right? You, we, we don't have a, um, a, a way of sort of tracking that unless, you know, we, we can only see the deals and opportunities that we bring to the table. We work non-exclusively with all of our student athletes and we encourage them like you're, um, you're, you know, this is a, a great window of time in your life. Obviously you, you need to keep what's important, important, right? Getting great education, being a great person in the community, competing at the highest level, um, I tell a lot of my clients on the football side in particular, um, especially you know, when they're a first, second, third round draft pick potential kind of individual, um, you know, maybe don't go after that small, you know, these aren't, deals aren't small, but a four figure deal during the season when you're really chasing after, um, you know, a significant first round signing bonus or, 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 or signing, like I'm trying, you know, it's, it's easy to get caught up and making everything about chasing after as many opportunities as possible and losing sight of the bigger picture. And that doesn't just go for a first round potential first round draft pick or lottery pick in basketball. That goes for all student athletes because your window of time at Michigan is so special. And there's such a great opportunity to get that great education that you don't want to lose sight of what's, what's a priority for you over small insignificant opportunities that, um, you know, aren't something that are benefiting the bigger picture. Now that's like the, you know, the I guess, not not painting a pessimistic picture of chasing the opportunities because they're incredible and they've done so much for our student athletes and they're more than well earned. But um, always just trying to keep a big picture perspective and um, and and be the best a sort of representation of that as as we continue to build this initiative. Yeah, keep the main thing the main thing. That that goes without saying because uh, if you aren't doing what you're supposed to do in your sport uh, that has a way of making the NIL dry up, right? It makes those opportunities uh, limited uh, and can compromise uh, things beyond your current opportunity at Michigan. So I, I get that. But $6 million from Champion Circle and Valiant alone, that's that's just from this. And you said you deal non-exclusively. So we know that there was more money on top of that uh, institutionally for the student athletes here. That that to me um, is is a real lure. It's a real lure on the recruiting trail. And you talk about the difficulty uh, that exists when it comes to competing with schools that are doing it a different way. How about this, Jared? I mean, you look around at some states, the state legislatures seem to be going out of their way to pass laws that assist their schools from an NIL, not just an NIL perspective, but in a player recruitment perspective as well, have you guys taken taken note of that? And what do you think about that, which is going on elsewhere across the country? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're monitoring the situation um, as it continues to unfold. And when you look across the country, it's, it's evident. I mean, the politicians, the senators, they're 
the congressmen and women, I mean, they're doing what's in the best interest of their in-state universities. They want to retain their talent. They don't want their in-state talent in Alabama going down to Louisiana. And that's from a business standpoint, I, I completely understand that from a, um, you know, is it good for the sport? Is it good for college athletics? It's too early to tell, um, you know, just initial gut reaction is that it does add, um, you know, to the chaos that's been brewing for, for quite some time. But um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the the state of Missouri, right. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a storyline, right. I mean, they're in state universities are allowed to use their collectives for recruiting inducements. That's, that's not against the law. And so, um, I guess in practice, you know, could you imagine if the in-state collectives here in Michigan um, could go out and contract with high school student athletes, right? I mean, that's really the implications of what Missouri just did. And um, you look at the state of Texas, I think, believe they just went out and pretty much gave diplomatic immunity to, uh, to the collectives and said, the NCAA, you're not, you're not relevant to, to the type of sport we're playing here. Um, and that's a bigger picture question as if, college football and college basketball, what, what it looks like moving down the road here in the next two to three years. I just think the landscape is going to continue to, uh, to, to, to shift and it's, it's going to continue to evolve. And that's a big part of this is the culture around it needs to evolve as well. Um, we need to accept the fact that college sports um, has not been amateurism, um, especially for, you know, the institutions for, the past few decades. I mean, these meteorite deals have just absolutely soared through the roof. Uh, the sponsorship deals are soaring through the roof and the footwear deals, those contracts are continuing to soar through the roof. And so um, it's been a commercialized product for quite some time now. And the student athletes, they do deserve a seat at the table. Um, and at Michigan, it's, it's such an incredible institution and it, it takes the community at large to, to really buy into this thing and to really work together on how to build a, sustainable model that really puts the student athletes first and is also keeping in mind with trying to field and compete with the landscape across the country, which right. it's stated in some, in the favor of, of a lot of our competitors. Yeah. Can, can you, can you, uh, you know, kind of follow the ideal and compete at the same time? It's kind of the grand experiment going on right now. Right now. And so, which begs the question in the here and now, so we've kind of laid out the state of affairs, NIL nationally, and how NIL is being implemented here in Michigan. All right, so now talk to the the viewer or the listener. What can they do? I'm I'm Joe Fan, and I wanna I wanna help NIL at Michigan. I maybe want to help NIL at Michigan through the Champion Circle. How mm-hmm. can I do that? Or I'm I'm, I'm a business owner, and right. I want to do the same thing. How do I do that? You can tune into Sam Webb every day. And you can donate a dollar to the Sam Webb, Jared Wangler Champion Circle Fund, and we'll make sure 100% of the net proceeds gets to our student athletes. Um, no, I mean, it, it's so fascinating to me because it's such a, um, I mean, it, it's really sparked so many just creative initiatives. So you look around the country, and I believe at Louisville this weekend, they're doing an in-stadium fundraising uh, initiative where um, I think at the end of the first quarter, you know, it's a sold out crowd against Notre Dame. They're going to put it up on the scoreboards and they're going to encourage all the fans. I'm not sure how big Louisville stadium. It's much smaller than what we have at Michigan, but it's not an insignificant megaphone. 
and um, they're able to pull out their wallet, scan a QR code and contribute to their collective. And I mean, really in a, in theory, um, they can do the same thing here with champion circle, uh, the champion circle, U of M.com. There's a membership program um, that fans can subscribe to that has different perks and benefits. And then there's also uh, one-time giving opportunities on there. And a hundred percent of those net proceeds are going towards where you decided to go. There's a drop top menu. You can give it to any sport uh, on campus. If you have a more direct initiative that you'd like to get, get to, you can put a comment in the notes. I want to get to this specific student athlete. So we've really created it to be that seamless for the everyday fan. Um, but we're also going to come out with some exciting and fun uh, new ways to fundraise throughout this fall. And so stay tuned for that. We've, we've got something uh, in the works for the month of November that we're really excited about. And um, we're just, we're going to continue to build this. If you're a business, um, the University of Michigan, it is obviously such an incredible institution and the student athletes being an extension of it, they're great brand ambassadors. And so Valiant Management Group, which is a sports agency that works with businesses that want to market with our student athletes, um, you can get in touch there at valiantuofm.com. And we have a marketing team that, that can kind of take you A to Z. But if you have a marketing budget and are looking to partner with Michigan student athlete, you can work through us. Um, you could go through the influencer, the, the Victor's exchange that Michigan has. And um, it's, it's not as uh, difficult of a process as sometimes it might be. It's, uh, it's not the ambiguous um, question space that it was two years ago. Um, it's a much more established um, system now, although it does have so much room to grow. And we recognize that and we continue to build towards it. But um, those two websites, if you're looking to just contribute as a fan or a donor, championcircleuofm.com. And if you're a business and you're looking to do an actual marketing campaign, valiantuofm.com. Those are the two different avenues that we work off of. So uh, Empower Michigan uh, over the summer uh, came out with the Empower program. Uh, you know, I think maybe that maybe confused some folks a little bit because Empower is not a collective. Can you kind of explain uh, the difference and then how, for instance, will Champion Circle and Empower, how do they work together? Yeah, it's a um, it's a great question, and as um, as Empower continues to evolve, we're really excited to engage as many uh, members of the Michigan community as possible. But um, what Champion Circle is, it's a third party, right? Uh, dollars are not allowed to flow through the institution to the student athlete. That's why Champion Circle is set up as a third party organization. Empower is a part of the university. It is a a program uh, brainchild of an incredible entrepreneur. Um, somebody, um, so many of us Michigan uh, players, former and current, look up to um, John Rachi and you know his team really put a lot of thought into um, like an enhanced player development program, something like you see what they do with the Miami Dolphins, where they run a business combine every year and they have awesome internal resources for their I guess their professional athletes and the Dolphins um, on how to get engaged with business and get engaged with um, you know business people in the community that want to do uh, you know, different work or different educational seminars with their athletes. That's what John's brought to Michigan. And so the Empower program really is kind of the front door for uh, several of our um, successful Michigan alumni that are looking to uh, develop that one-to-one -one relationship with our student athletes and um, offer incredible uh, educational workshops. They're offering awesome internship programs. Um, and it's really a way to kind of drive that two-way relationship between um, an alumni and a student athlete. And so that's what's, uh, that's what's kind of been brewing um, in the Empower world. 
Um, where Champion Circle and Empower intersect, um, there has to be a, uh, a line between there because um, Empower is not allowed to facilitate NIL transactions. It's also not um, really supposed to be um, a part of like the actual deal deal flow. It's, it's more of an educational and development tool. Um, but there's obviously I've, I've known John, you know, since I was a student athlete here um, and he's somebody that, that I look up to and have conversations with. And we, we connect some of the donors that are coming in through the empower lane and, you know, they can be introduced to the champion circle um, and have a conversation if they'd like to give a monetary contribution. But um, that's how the two, two work together. The way, the easiest way I like to think about it, Champion Circle and Valiant, our job is to, to make our student athletes um, as much money, but Empower is more important because Empower is actually teaching them how to, how to save, you know, what, what that money actually means, how to save that money, how to do something impactful with that money, how to connect with that business on a deeper level. Instead of just doing a marketing deal with that company, how about you go meet their CEO or their COO and talk about doing an internship? So it's really like taking it um, to the next level and offering something that isn't quite transactional by nature, but again, transformative by nature, um, which is what Michigan obviously is about. And so that's sort of how the two yin and yang off of one another. All right. So I know, uh, again, recruiting inducements are a part of this process for champion circle or Michigan or empower, but I'm recruit and I'm watching this, this program right now, trying to assess the NIL opportunities at Michigan. Uh, appeal to me if I'm a, a freshman coming in are there going to be opportunities for me at the University of Michigan you know are there going to be opportunities for me to connect with champion circle as a true freshman coming in the door to maybe you know have access to this deal or that deal not guaranteed but hey I know that there are going to be some opportunities that are available to me uh as I walk in the door is that possible at the University of Michigan so it can't look like um, in, in the collective itself and myself, I cannot engage in a, in a conversation with a recruit about, um, about NIL and, and, and you know, promising opportunities. Um, well, the coaching staff and, um, you know, those involved, I guess, in recruiting process can do is they can provide case studies. Um, case studies are something that's super important if you're not engaging in pay for play is being able to sit that four star running back down and say, Hey, here's the portfolio of, Blake Corum. Here's the portfolio of Donovan Edwards. Here's the portfolio down the list. And it, it, it does actually show what's really happening. And these are tangible deals that the, not only the coaching staff, but the players can talk about um, and show how they've gone to Michigan and they've earned it. That's, that's, that's where you can compete, but um, we can't go and say, Hey, um, Recruit X. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to Sam Webb, and he's got an awesome. No, no, no. That's and that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to speak in the abstract. I'm not asking do you know can a recruit come to Jared? No, I'm saying speak into the atmosphere mm-hmm. to student athletes who might be looking. And there are a lot of things out there reported about NIL in Michigan. Like you don't <laughs> NIL in Michigan is not like NIL other places. Like you won't get paid. We been plenty of stories along those lines, and yet. We just heard you talk about all the money that were, was paid out to student athletes uh, just last year alone. Right. And so that's what I'm speaking to. You know, if I'm a freshman or I'm a, in, you know, a prospective student athlete and I'm looking at Michigan, that's why I asked the misconceptions question at the beginning. Right. Like how, how well are student athletes at Michigan doing, in your opinion, 
relative to how they're doing elsewhere. How many, how much of what we see out there is real money? Like we see this athlete got an $8 million contract and that athlete got a $9 million. How much of that is really real? Right. So again, a lot to unpack with that question. And the reality of, of it is that there are collectives out there that are so farther ahead in terms of fundraising than where we're at here at Michigan. And it's just a, a reality by nature. A lot of these collectives, they just existed under the table for decades now. And right. so, they, you know, right, you know, instantaneously, you know, they'd already been doing it. Now it's just, they all kind of came together and it was uh, kind of forming like a super team of kind of the nebulous kind of under the, under the table deals that were going on. But um, look, the reality is there's some collectives out there that just based off of the contracts that we intercept, because I've seen dozens of contracts with prominent collectives around the country that are offering mid six figure deals that read like X amount of dollars over two years um, for you to, you know, be a member of the team. And it doesn't read as be a member of the team because that would be pay for play. But what it looks more like is what a lot of talent agencies do when they're going to sign talent and it's competitive in recruiting. They're going to offer a marketing guarantee of some sort. And so a role player on a defense that does, it's not a quarterback, it's not a receiver, it's not a running back, that their real commercial market value may not be $500,000, just using that as an illustrative number. Their market not be $500,000, but what the collective will do is they'll contract that individual for a $500,000 marketing guarantee. And then in that contract, there will be certain uh, services that they need to provide, appearances, marketing for some of their corporate partners, memorabilia, trading cards. And what they'll do is they'll use those assets to then sell against their marketing guarantee. So really quite put, the recruit or you know the individual that's being recruited, um, they're looking at it as great. I, I know exactly what I'm going to make uh, in my two, three, four years at this university. Here it is in writing. I've got it. The, the collective is contracted to do this. Now I have to perform these services. And if I'm a defensive back, nothing against the defensive backs out there. There's just very few that are bringing in $500,000 in real commercial marketing deals. So yeah, that's, that's taking place, right? That's, that's a common practice with some of the um, universities that Michigan is competing against for the top talent. And so um, it does breed a very competitive atmosphere. When you look at it, um, it reminds me of what happened with facilities over the last 25 years. You just look at the arms race that took place um, because it was a big part of recruiting. And now it's, Hey, I'm being recruited by you school X school Y and school Z. And um, these two schools are giving me a marketing guarantee. And here's the contract for proof. And um, you guys aren't doing anything that's guaranteed. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I love everything about your school, but like I come from a really underserved community and my family really needs it. I, you know, I really need to go and get the guaranteed money. And so that's a really difficult hurdle to clear um, in some instances that I know our coaching staff um, staffs, it's not just football. This is happening in baseball. This is happening in wrestling. This is happening in, in both men's and women's basketball, this is happening across several sports. Um, it's it's really difficult, and so I think that's still what um, you know the puzzle that everybody's trying to it to solve because um, the pay for play model is illegal, um, and it's something that um, you know we're, we're not permiss you know 
it's not permissible for us to engage in, especially as a representation of Michigan. And so that's just kind of the reality that's that we're working with right now. So you mentioned other sports. Uh, you know, how much work are you doing with basketball, for instance? I, I feel as as hard as it is for football to compete in this NIL environment, I think it's harder for basketball. I, I think it's you know there are fewer prospects to deal with, right? That's number one, and then number two, I think the the operation has is more entrenched in that sport mm. than, than yeah. it is than it is football. So it makes it more difficult over there. So how much work do you guys, just from an NIL perspective, do uh, with the basketball programs? We've done a, a fair amount of work with both the men's and women's team. Um, I'd say last year we were um, excited with what we were able to do on the champion circle side um, for the, the men's and women's team. Um, still recognize there's so much room to grow. I mean, my my background, I, I, I played football. Um, I, was, I worked for um, a football agency coming out. And that's, that's really what I know. Um, I know that space. Well, I know which agencies are, um, kind of, you know, which spots, I know which brands want to spend in it. I understand recruiting a bit better. Um, so basketball for me is, um, it's, it's something that I, I, you know, I participate in helping fundraise for, um, but we've, we've built out a staff to, um, to really try to put this in a, in a, in a better direction because it's, it's very difficult right now. I mean, it's just, the way, you know, the way I understand it, I mean, there's some collectives out there that are offering two, $3 million deals for proven basketball players. And I think the difference with basketball relative to football is just like, you can identify talent earlier on, right? Like you go and you look at the top 30, 40 recruits. Um, sure. There's players that don't end up converting and, and, and kind of bust in a way. Um, but the majority of the, like that top talent, like that's going to be the top talent and they're going to be a one and done, um, or two and out and go pro. And so I think that these collectives are, you know, I guess it's especially been entrenched in the sport for much longer, at least more been more prevalent than it has been in football. Um, they've been operational for a long time. And, um, from, from what we've been working towards, we, you know, we recognize there's so much room to grow and we would really encourage anybody that's that's listening out there like please support the basketball fund for champion circle please support our student athletes like it is uh, a, a huge area of need right now and um this is an avenue to do it so um yeah i would just say it's it's really difficult it's it's a new um you know it's a newer dynamic at michigan versus you know in some places around the country it's it's been it's been there, right? And it's, it's been a little bit more institutionalized by nature. Gotcha. Well, listen, this is going to be the last time that we have you on. We're going to be doing regular updates. We've got to get Jordan Acker on. We're going we're gonna, to – we're committed to giving regular NIL updates on this program. And so you're going to be – you're a crucial part of that. Before you go, Jared, tell the folks one more time, if they want to donate, uh, if they want to contribute to the effort, the NIL effort at Michigan through Champion Circle and Value Management Group. How can they do that? Yeah. So again, thank you for having me on. You know, really excited to continue to help educate and just talk about the space. But um, for those out there that are interested in supporting the collective, it's it's championcircleuofm.com. There's a drop-down menu. You can decide uh, you know, who you'd like your contribution to go to. 100% of the net proceeds uh, on that website are going to the student-athlete. And then um, if you're a brand or you're a business out there that's interested in working with student athletes who are incredible ambassadors um, out there, 
uh, please visit valiantuofm.com. That's that's Valiant Management Group, and that's um, that's the sports marketing agency working very closely with our student athletes. So those are the two different avenues. And Sam, I can't thank you enough for giving us this platform and uh, you know giving us the opportunity to to sort of spread this to the Michigan community. All right. Well, Jared, appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you again soon. That sounds great. Thank you, Sam. And that'll do it for this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Hope you enjoyed the breakdown with the crew of Bryce Marriage and Steve Lorenz and I to start things out, giving you your regular update, some some more flip targets on the horizon. And, of course, uh, as I promised, we are going to get deep into NIL on a more regular basis here on the Recruiting Insider, keeping you up to speed on what's going on with NIL at the University of Michigan and with the collectives that support the student-athletes that come here, Champion Circle being one of them. We're going to get uh, an update uh, as far as Empower and how that works at the University of Michigan. We're going to take you inside. And like I said, I promise we're going to get Jordan Acker on here as well to give you sort of the the regent and, uh, you know, kind of uh, legislative view what might be on the, on the horizon as far as that's concerned. But before we go, a word to uh, our great sponsor, Golden Limo. Uh, it's not just uh, a company that I use for travel, for all the travel that I've done, whether it's, you know, airport trips, going to the airport so much over the course of a year, uh, you know, save the the headache of having to get to the airport and park, get all the bags, to have a, a transportation service whose attention to detail and and safety and and you know history and track record is so pristine uh there does, there's nothing that that is better than that and that comes right from the top with their owner sean duval who is not just a, a business owner but a, a community leader uh, and that's another thing that really is important when you are talking about dealing with with companies you want to deal with people you know you want to deal with people that give back and that is certainly golden and so my my first golden experience of the football season was uh, getting the Golden Transport to the opener, to the opening game of the season. As, uh, you know, I, it was one of those deals where I didn't have uh, a ride to the game and didn't want to have to park all day long uh, because my days, I have, it starts with the, the uh, pregame show. And so I'm there at games, you know, four and a half hours before kick and, and then another two hours after kick. So uh, that's a very, very, very long day. And to have the transportation part of it totally taken care of on a day where I couldn't get a ride like I normally do, that was great. And that is Golden. Uh, a great way, not just for your airport transport, airport transport, but also getting to the big house on game days. Uh, you might find it you know, tough or difficult to do, not when you have a great transportation partner or you ride in the comfort with a company like Golden Limo. So, again, it's not just transport in Ann Arbor. It's not just transport in the Southeast Michigan. It's wherever you go. You can have your transportation handled by Golden Limo from your doorstep to the airport to wherever you're going. And I know that from experience going back to my trip over to Paris and Rome. Golden took my family to the airport. And when we landed in Paris and Rome, they picked us up from the airport. And the same thing in reverse. That is the Golden Limo difference. Excellent comfort, safety, 
people you can trust. Starting at the top with the owner, Sean Duvall. Michigan football rides on Golden. You see those big black buses that roll through? Those are Golden Limo buses. You can ride in the same kind of style. You go to goldenlimo.com. That is going to do it for this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. That's Google. That's Spotify. That's iTunes. You name it. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. That's how you keep us going and growing. And then, of course, you can find everything we do over on the MichiganInsider.com. And right now, you can get two months for just $1. Try it out. See if you like it. Promising you, you will. And then you'll be hooked with us over at the MichiganInsider.com. That's where it all goes down. Until next time, folks, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.